And so there was this expectation that we've always had, right. and we still have, that somehow Jesus is going to come and take over everything, and everything's going to be okay. Hmm. And there's always that temptation, but there's disappointment when we realize that Jesus didn't come to fix a broken world. He came to fix broken people. We believe that there is always more to God's Word, and that if we dig a little deeper, we will find truth that will take us on a journey of amazing life change, a life of deeper hope, deeper truth, and deeper grace. Let's jump right in. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Deeper Grace Podcast. My name is Graham. Uh, I get the pleasure of serving at Grace Assembly on staff in multiple roles, you know. Because you can do anything, Graham. That's right. Yeah. The, the Lord, yeah, Christ gives us strength, right? Um, well, but he's, he's giving you a lot extra. <laughs> I don't know about that. I do. But uh, we are here today to take a deeper look into Sunday's message, which is the entire vision of Deeper Grace podcast. Let's pretend like we could ask you questions on a Sunday to take something deeper, to expound a bit, or to even just go into your mind in the preparation of a message. Uh, we want to take the cookies off the bottom shelf. We're going we're gonna to put them a little higher here. Okay. Um, so this week, you got to preach a message called What to Do When Your Heart is Troubled. Right. Uh, and personally... I felt like that was, it was straight from the heart. I even said it in the virtual hub. I was like, when he has to ask, can he share his heart? You know, it's going to be good, you know? (laughs) And so let's, let's just dive in deep into, into the message. Let explain to us what, what prompted that topic? You know, what prompted your thoughts to go there? Sure. First and foremost, let's do that. Uh, Somebody told me a couple of years ago that we just need to preach what God's saying to us. And that's how this message came to be. I've been living in the book of John probably well over a month now, just taking a slow read, reading the same chapter in multiple translations, and then praying that back to the Lord. And so when I was in John 14, I read, you know, uh, Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled, neither mm-hmm. be afraid, believe God, you believe also in me, in my Father's house are many mansions. And and that thought just occurred to me. I know it was from the Lord. I've never seen this before. The Holy Spirit saying, this is this is Jesus' instructions to people with troubled hearts. Mm. And so we've had a lot of things that troubled our hearts in the last year or so. That's the truth. And so it's, it's just one of those days where it was I couldn't write as fast as it was coming to me. Wow. And so... Uh, some people call that a download. I don't know what it is. All I know is when it's when it ministers to me, it tends to minister to other people too. And, oh man, yeah. And so that's that's what that was born of. Because guess what? I've had some things trouble my heart too. Yeah. And so, it which was, you shared a little bit, right? In the message, and so yeah. it was ministering to me. Yeah. Uh, and so I I wanted to share that. I think I find that to be true for most people. Yeah. Because it's real, you know. Sure. Yeah, I think that's true. Well, you tend to be a little bit more passionate about. Right. Things that are personal to you. That's good. No, and it was real personal to me. So there you go, guys. That's where messages come from. God's dealing with with us. So we're just going to let you know about it. Hopefully it helps. Yeah, (laughs) right. So uh, on that, actually, in in you're talking about Jesus's like this is his you mentioned in the in the message, his command to us. Right. And I wrote a note down. If if I were to have asked the question in that moment, my question was. Is this command like a, if you're not, if you're troubled, you're in sin, or is it like a, the authority of Jesus into your life type of command? What did, what did you mean by that? Well, uh, I pointed out the fact that Jesus didn't say, I don't want your heart to be troubled. He said, let not your heart be troubled. 
And another translation says, don't let your heart be troubled. So this is a command. And I think it's the kind, the kind of command from Jesus that's from a father, a family member who loves us. Hey, don't let that bother you, mm. you know, versus, you know, if that bothers you, that's a sin. Well, that's not any, right. no dad, no mom's going to say that right. to the kid. Who's, hey, you know, don't let that bother you or don't let that, you know, deter you from what God's doing in your life. That's so good. To, to let, if your heart is troubled, it's certainly not sin because right. like I just said, I mean, my we've heart's all, been troubled. Yeah. I think we've all been troubled. I think that that's a that's a command from a father who says, "Hey, don't let this get to you." Right. And here's how you can keep that from happening in right. your life. Gosh, that's good. That's what I thought. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify. No, that's a great question. Um the the context of the book of John. It's one of my favorite gospels. So sure. the fact that you've been in it forever, I love it. It's my like what do I read? I don't know what to read, so I'm going to go read John. That's sure. like my fallback. Right. I and like we, and we always tell new believers if you don't know where to start reading in the Bible, boom, start reading the book of John. That's good. That's it too. Right. I tell people the same. It's just it's my favorite. I didn't know it's, that. It's it's one of the most personal it's of the four gospels. Right. It's the most personal. Yeah. I mean, you've got John describing himself as the <laughs> disciple that Jesus loves. That's a pretty confident person in his relationship with God. But here's yeah. the deal. We all want to get there. Right. I want to get to the place where I completely know and understand Wayne is the disciple that Jesus loves. Right. And if I get that in my spirit, it changes my relationship with God That's and good. everyone else around me. John had that right. in his heart. Hey, I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. We read that and go, hey, isn't that a little cocky? In that? No, it's not at all. No, it's, it's confidence. A, it's a fact. Yeah. It's That's a confidence good. in your relationship. And again, if we all, all can get that as sons right. and daughters, everything's going to change. Wow. No, and that I think that puts perspective to the command part too, mm-hmm. right? So because if John is, he knows confidently, like this is, he loves me. That means that what comes out of Jesus's mouth to him, he knows is from a place of love right? and not a place of anything else. It's not a rule. It's not a regulation. It's a, hey, I love you so much. To tell you, yeah. don't let this mess with you. Don't let this trouble you. Yeah, that's good. Wow. Well, and, and remember this: this in the context of John fourteen, this is a very intimate conversation, right? With twelve guys that Jesus had just spent his life with, his right. three years. So this wasn't a religious uh, explanation. It wasn't a a sermon. This was a a deep conversation he right. was having with his friends, right? And so when we understand that we feel the love of that when right. he says, Hey guys, you're about to walk through some really hard stuff and it's going to be and for all of them, one of the darkest seasons of their lives. Right. And so he mm. says, when that happens, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't <laughs> let it, don't let it weigh you down. Don't let it keep you from what, what I, what I've been telling you about. Right. Uh, but he said, my father's house are many mansions. Remember, it's all about heaven, all right. about focusing on eternity. And I love that. And that's what I wrote down in my notes is this sounds like a perspective shift. Yeah. Like it's not even a, and I, I liked it because, and I thought, I thought you did a great job when you were communicating. It was, it's, he's not promising it's going to get better. Right. So what he's doing is giving us the ability or teaching us how, when it doesn't get better. How do you stay better? Like, where? What do you have to do? And I, the whole, I'm listening, going. I feel like this is a perspective message. Right. Like, what are you focusing on? Right. You know, and you said it, and we quoted it on social media, but it was like, this is this is in our home. Mm-hmm. We're passing through. Sure. And I think that's a big deal. 
Right. Can you break? So, I mean, I know you talked about the rooms and like the, the house that you went to visit, which right. I've always wondered what that was. I saw tons of people posting it on Instagram oh, all awesome. the time. I'm like, what is this house? Tracy and I had watched uh, a documentary called The Men Who Built America. And uh, it's all about the Vanderbilts and the Rockefellers and the Carnegies and all these people. And they had mentioned in there that Vanderbilt's grandson had built this house in Asheville, North Carolina. And we were looking for a place to go on vacation. I'm like, hey, let's go there. Nice. And we did. And it was amazing. Wow. And then I'm walking through there and taking pictures and stuff. And I was actually listening to another pastor preach on John 14. He hmm. says, and he said, I'm, I was cleaning my garage. And, and he said, have you ever been in a house with many rooms? And I thought. As a matter of fact, I just was. So I made that part of the just message. Went there. Yeah. I thought that was a great example, though. Yeah. I, and I, I love that. I love that you kind of expounded on that is not only is that, and this is just something I thought, it's like not only is the house with many rooms like a promise to us and something to focus on, like when this whole life messes, I mean, because it does, it troubles us all the time, right? Right. But there's also a reason to invite people to come to know Jesus. Absolutely. Like there's, there's tons of room. You should come. Right. It was like, we were, we went out, we were on a trip to youth this weekend mm -hmm. and you know how it is with COVID and everything. Nobody wants to be around each other. And it's like, can you fit everybody into an elevator? Right. And so you'd see the elevator come. It's the most awkward thing in the world now is when this opens, are there going to be people in here? And yeah. am I going to be then, able to get in? And then what do you do? <laughs> right. If there are like, do you look they at, just kind of look, you at just you. stare at him for permission. Yeah. <laughs> It happened to me last week. We were traveling a convoy of hope. We're at a hotel. Door opens. Person just stares at you. They don't say come in. Right. You know, what are they going to say? Stay out. Right. I mean, they're not going to do that. They're like awkward. Like you're trying to figure out. Exactly. Like, and I said that because this guy was in, like we're leaving the Saturday morning. We're leaving and the elevator opens and there's this guy and his wife in there. Hmm. And he looks at me and I look at him. And you, you know, you can like see in their eyes, they're smiling or whatever because sure. they got masks. He looks at me and he goes, bro, we got plenty of room. Come on in. That's awesome. And I was like, yeah. And then he asked me if I was there competing in a strongman competition, which just made me feel cool. Wow. There's that confidence thing. It was only because I had a foam roller. It had nothing to do with <laughs> me looking big or anything like that. But but in that regard is like, I think the perspective, and, and you may be going this way or, or whatever, but it's not only are we meant to have that perspective, but in doing and inviting people and making sure they know there's room right. for them. Right you get your attention off of you, you put it on others. And then all of a sudden your focus has shifted. Sure. And it's easier to not focus on what's troubling you when I'm looking at other people and what's troubling them. You know what I mean? Well, and that was the second part of yeah. the message that if we're going to, if we don't want our hearts to be troubled, we got to focus on heaven. And then we got to focus on the return of Jesus. Cause he said, I will come back. Yeah. You know, I'll come back for you. Yeah. And, and that's comforting because we know the world is getting worse and worse. So he's going to, he's going to rescue us. But it's also a reminder that the reason he's waiting to come back is because people need to know him. Right. And that gives us a mission. And I think I think there's there's comfort when we understand that uh, I'm not just here to take up space. Mm -hmm. I'm not even just here to survive all that happens to me. Right. I'm actually on a mission on purpose to make a difference in people's lives. Right. And so I shared the story of the couple in our small group that had a miscarriage and they, you know, they're going to start a small group mm -hmm. for. Uh, other couples who have had miscarriages. Right. So they're turning their pain into purpose. And so, so good. If, if, if all this life is about is suffering and there's no purpose in it, right? that's hard. Right. But God says, hey, there's a purpose in all of this and right. I'm going to redeem it in heaven. Right. That's, yeah. that's where we get hope. That's good. And our hearts aren't weighed down as much. Right. It's almost like, here's your mentality I need you to have and here's the purpose that attaches to that. Right. 
right? Because you kind of hear both sometimes, and we can expound on that if you want, but it's like you hear some people talk about, oh, I can't wait till I get to heaven, yeah. and we're just suffering through life until we get there. But mm-hmm. then the second side of that is Jesus saying, well, no, you don't have to suffer because in your perspective shift, you can impact somebody's life and help them too. I thought, you know, yeah. but there is that, there's that unbalance. So yeah. sometimes it's like we focus too much on heaven and we forget yeah. that we have a mission, you know? Well, and for those that maybe weren't in the service, I don't think it was a coincidence at all that we had uh, two missionaries with us who were uh, sharing a little bit about what God was doing in their part of the world. They serve in a world where it's illegal to be a missionary and yet people are coming to Jesus and, uh, you know, they're telling stories of people being persecuted because they're choosing faith in Jesus Christ. Right. They are suffering. Yeah. You know, sometimes God delivers them out of it. Sometimes he doesn't. So uh, our American thinking about Jesus is that he's, you know, come to give us our best life now. Well, the reality is part of following Jesus involves some suffering. Yeah, it does. Didn't Paul say, I want to know Christ, you know? And the power of his resurrection and the second part of that and the fellowship of his suffering. Right. Because uh, you can't have the power of resurrection without the suffering. Well, I think the power of the resurrection gives you the ability yeah. to fellowship with his suffering. Wow. But that's a part of that's a part of the gospel we don't preach much in America. Mm. And so I think we've learned how to suffer well yeah. with character. Uh, I'm, you know, I preach this message last spring from the book of Hebrews. I think it, I'm trying to remember who, who for the, the better. Was. Yeah. We were talking about better and how suffering makes you better. And, you know, uh, I'm trying to remember who said it, but he said, why shouldn't Christians suffer? They're the mm. best equipped for it. Mm. Huh? We yeah. are. And nobody wants, no, none of us want to suffer. And we don't want to put that on our resume. And no, we don't. <laughs> but at the same time, if there's a purpose in it, right. if there's an eternal purpose in it. Right. And, and if that purpose is to help somebody else, then God can redeem that. Right. Then God can take what the enemy meant for evil and he can turn it for good. That's good. And so, again, that keeps our hearts from being troubled because mm. I recognize instead of why did this happen to me, say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? What do I do with this? As a result of mm. what happened to me. That's good. That's when the that's when your heart gets purpose and, uh, wow. and good stuff happens. That's really good. Hmm. <laughs> As we're talking about taking it back, there was a, um, I listened to a, a guy in Tennessee. He's a, used to be a screamo band guy. Really? And now he's a pastor. Those are your friends? Oh, I love, I love this guy, man. Okay. So he had a Christian screamo band called For Today. Is that an oxymoron? Christian screamo band? No, I think sometimes you gotta get mad at the devil, you know? <laughs> okay. And so he, they toured the world, man. They were one of the most popular, uh, like metal core bands that, I mean, even with secular people, like my brother would go see him and not even know Jesus, but they would always do an altar call. They would always share testimony. People would get saved. It was cool. His name is Matty Montgomery. He's a pastor now, though. Him and his wife are in, like, Johnson City, Tennessee, and they do a, They just started a church. I was listening to one of his messages the other day, and he said uh, Christians have been taught how to weather the storm really well but not calm the storm. Mm. And I feel like your message, when you, because when you, I listened to it sometime last week, but when you said the two parts, I went, see, this is the balance we need. Yeah, we got to, we got to learn to weather. Right. Because there's some, there's some stuff you got to go through in the process to calm. Sure. But it was like, here's the wet, here's how you weather and here's how you calm it. Hmm. And I just thought, I was like, dang, that lines up, you know, sometimes, you know, the Lord starts talking and, and I just thought that was a good, um, 
a good comparison to what you were saying was like, Jesus didn't just call us to sit here and wait until he comes back, but to do something while we're here. Right. And I thought you ended that well. Well, and, and that goes well with part two of the message that I'm going to share this week. So I took your advice instead of preaching a whole series in one sermon, I, I broke it up into two parts. You, we all have Graham to thank for that. You're, uh, you know, so send him your, your thank yous. But uh, later in that chapter, uh, there's a ver- I think it's verse 14, where it says Judas, not Iscariot, so not the Judas who betrayed Jesus, but he said to Jesus, why are you only revealing yourself to us and not mm-hmm. to the whole world? And so what I, when I was reading that, I thought of, you know, here's Palm Sunday. Jesus is riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. And what are they saying? Hosanna to the son of David. Well, that word Hosanna means save us now. Mm. They were expecting a king to come and conquer. Right. And then when Jesus resurrects from the dead and he's ascending to heaven, remember, they asked the question, hey, God, are you going to restore Israel? You're going to restore the kingdom of Israel now? And so there was this expectation that we've always had. Right. And we still have that somehow Jesus is going to come and take over everything. And everything's going to be okay. Hmm. And there's always that temptation, but there's disappointment when we realize that Jesus didn't come to fix a broken world. He came to fix broken people. Wow. And so uh, that's wow. hard. That's hard for us because we want him to fix the broken world right now. Right. Well, he's going to do that when he comes back. He's going to make everything right. But until then, the mission is broken people. That's good. That's good. I think it's a good place to end it, too. Wow. (laughs) Well, there you go. If you want it deeper, you got it. Uh, We want to thank you guys so much for joining us for Deeper Grace. Uh, This will be coming to you every week on Thursday, uh, just taking the message a little bit deeper. And every single time we have a guest speaker, we're going to have them on, too. Uh, But thank you, Pastor Wayne, for your message, uh, for your heart, for what you you brought in this podcast. I'm sure it's going to bless tons of people. Yeah. Um, Thank but, you for making it happen. Greg. Oh, man, this is my fun. This is fun for me. This is exciting. I hope you guys had fun. Make sure to like, subscribe to the podcast, share it on all your socials, spread the word uh, as we go deeper in God's grace. Have a great day.